We welcome you to the preaching service of the Scots Fork Christian Church. I'm Otis Clark, the minister of the church, and we take this opportunity to wish all of the mothers all across this land a very, very happy Mother's Day. Uh, there is no question about the role of a mother and the blessings which are wrought when she seeks to live a godly life. This morning, we're going to be reading from Psalm 22, and we're going to start with the first verse and read through the 24th. And let's listen to the word of the Lord. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone despised by the people. All who seek me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. You, Yet you brought me out of the wound. You made me trust in you, even as my mother's breast, at my mother's breast. From birth, I was cast on you. From my mother's wound, you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls abash them and circle me. Roaring lions, they tear their prey. Open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, O Lord... Do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him, revere him all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. We all know that today is Mother's Day and all over the land that uh, hopefully mothers and all are being remembered I'm sure many will be thinking about their mothers and from the standpoint that she is now in the presence of Jesus Christ, has finished her earthly pilgrimage. But 
I do want to take this opportunity to say once again, uh, we want to wish every, every one of you a very blessed Mother's Day, and we hope we will do our best to show our appreciation and our love for you. As we come to this particular day, Mother's Day 2021, uh, we're mindful it uh, is quite different from last year. Uh, We think about what took place in 2020, and we know at this time that the pandemic uh, was beginning to really, really uh, gear up and take strong strides and become very devastating. And we also are mindful as we look back over all of the happenings all through the year 2020 and on right into 2021, we know that there were literally tens and tens of thousands of people uh, who in different capacities and in different ways worked to try to help to rid the, uh, the entire world, the United States of America, the entire world against this horrific virus. And, uh, and many mothers, many women, many mothers gave their all, gave their all, uh, put their lives in grave jeopardy, went to the front lines and did everything that they could, hoping and praying that they could be used and that lives could be saved. When we look at this Psalm 22, you might have found it interesting that uh, what we have read here and how it would relate to Mother's Day, but I share with you, and I hope if you have your Bibles that you can get them and follow along Psalm 22, the, the Psalm right before the 23rd Psalm. For Christians, Psalm 22 is a Messianic Psalm, but when it was written, many would have seen the picture of a man struggling with doubt and despair who overcame that hopelessness by what his mother taught him. Share just a little bit of humor with you that uh, an anonymous son wrote the following observations. I'll just share a few of them with you. And uh, he said this, uh, his mother taught him logic. Uh, She once asked, if everyone else jumped off of a cliff, would you do it too? Uh, He said his mother taught him medicine. He said, she said to him, if you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to freeze that way. He said, my mother taught how to become an adult. If you don't eat your vegetables, you'll never grow up. He said, his mother taught him about my roots. And he said, she said, do you think you were born in a barn? His mother taught him about the wisdom of age. When you get to be my age, you will understand and I'll explain it all when you get older. And on and on, uh, this particular uh, uh, anonymous person went, and they were quite humorous. But this morning, we're going to look at this psalm, and uh, we're going to see some things that uh, maybe you haven't seen, maybe that I had not seen. And what impressed me as we uh, read it, it was the apparent connection between what mothers taught us and what we now believe about God. When we look at verses 9 and 10, the psalmist says, You brought me out of the wound. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth, I was cast upon you from from the very beginning. And so we uh, uh, read and understand, uh, we'll understand the role of a mother. Here was an individual uh, being alluded to in this psalm, and we're going to see the role uh, that his mother 
plead in his despair and his difficulties. There was a study in, done a number of years ago and a psychological uh, in, in an issue of psychological science and that it showed that children who have the good fortune to interact with their mothers uh, a lot develop healthier consciences. In that article, they said that toddlers were encouraged to imitate their mothers in such simple actions as playing tea party or tending to a stuffed animal. In that part of the experiment, the researchers graded the children based on their readiness to imitate what they observed. Then in uh, subsequent sessions, they evaluated those same children as they were enticed with prizes for games that they could win only by cheating or breaking an object that had some value to them. What the researchers found was that the toddlers who eagerly imitated their mothers were more likely to follow the rules and more likely to exhibit a sense of guilt when they broke something. And it has been stated, and it's mighty, mighty good, commenting about this research, stated that God had placed our conscience within us to monitor our behavior. That conscience is like a thermostat. Mothers apparently help us define the settings. Now, there are things that children learn without question, and they are many from their mothers that they possibly cannot learn anywhere else. And I want us to note in Psalm 22, the psalmist is telling how critical his mother's influence was for him. He tells how he had become almost unbearable. Life had become almost unbearable for him. He'd been rejected and people were had mocked him. He had seen and experienced how unfair life can be. And ultimately, He comes to believe that God wasn't near to him anymore, that maybe God had even left him. He's filled with despair. He's filled with hopelessness, as we read in this 22nd chapter of Psalms, and his world is falling to pieces all around him. It is in the midst of his misery that he remembers the lessons he learned from his mother. And what might he have learned from his mother? Well, Psalm 22.10 says that uh, from his birth, he was cast upon God. In other words, his mother raised him to look to God. Friends, that is a very, very profound observation that we can make. His mother raised him to look to God. She raised him to lean on God for strength and for hope. Probably many of you over the years have heard about uh, Susanna Wesley uh, and the two uh, mother of the two great evangelists, John Wesley and Charles Wesley. And it was said that she would spend one hour each day praying for her 17 children. Yes, 17 children. In addition, she took each child aside for a full hour every week to discuss spiritual matters. Because of her faithfulness in pointing her children toward God, John and Charles Wesley grew up to make powerful, make a powerful mark on the culture of their day. 
And here are the rules that she followed in training her children. Oh, they're so powerful. And I don't know that I had ever read about this or seen this before. She rewarded politeness and good behavior. She punished any sign of stubbornness and selfishness in her children. Secondly, she taught her children to pray as soon as they could speak. And then thirdly, if she made a promise to her child, she kept that promise. And the point is, listen, mothers, and I don't want to be unkind, but this is so important. She took her responsibility as a godly mother seriously. Friends, jillions and millions of problems we have in our world could be gravely, gravely blessed if we would just have more mothers who have a desire to eat, to do and follow some of the things that Suzanne Wesley did in raising her children and putting the emphasis on the things which really, really, really are important. She saw her role in influencing her children for Christ as crucial. Davida Dalton in Chicken Soup for the Soul wrote that one particular day in her life had been particularly hectic. She had 10 children and had one on the way. But this particular morning was more trying than others because her son, Lynn, who was three at the time, was on her heels no matter where she went. Wherever and ever she stopped to do something and turned back around, she would trip over him, and several times she patiently suggested fun activities to keep him occupied. Would you like to go play on the swing set, she asked. But he simply smiled and said, Okay, oh, that's okay, that's all right, Mama. I'd rather be in here with you. Then he just bounced happily along behind her. After stepping on his toes for the fifth time, she began to lose her patience, and she insisted that he go outside and play with the the other children. And when she asked him why he was acting this way, he looked up, up at her with his sweet green eyes and said, Mommy, in Sunday school, my teacher told me to walk in Jesus' steps. I cannot see him, so I am walking in yours. All that we would have today. Mothers, and there are those, but there are not as many as I would like to see, who realize it is their responsibility to take it seriously to point their children and teach their children about God. Now that psychological study we mentioned earlier revealed that sometimes all a mom has to do is just play with her kids and her children and her children grasp some very powerful lessons of life. But the writer of Psalms 22 tells us that his mother went further than that. The mother actively cast her child upon God. And because she was faithful in this, her efforts she kept her son from tumbling over into despair and kept him from giving up on life. I want to read again verses 14 through 16. And this is what he says. I am poured out like water. All of my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted away within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. 
You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs have surrounded me. A band of evil men has encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. So here, uh, so he is describing how filled with despair he has become. But then, even though he is overwhelmed by the turmoil, even though he is overwhelmed by the tragedy of the moment, he still looks to God for his help. In verses 19 and 20, this is what the person said. But you, O Lord, be not far off. O my strength, come quickly to help me. Deliver my life from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. That's not all, he said. After he prays for deliverance and before, ever, before anything ever changes in his life, he says, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or disdained the sufferings of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. Because his mother taught him about God. She taught him that God was powerful and worthy of praise. In Psalm 22, 3, it says, You are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the praise of Israel. And she told him the stories of what God had done for others in the past. In verses 4 and 5, it says, In you our fathers put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were saved. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. You see, friends, that's the advantage of a godly mother. She instills the power of faith into their children. You see, we all can give our children many material things. We can buy them this, we can buy them that, But what we need to understand that as long as we are in this world, your children, my children, my grandchildren, all of us are going to have difficult times. And if we have instilled in them the power of faith, then needless to say, in all probability, they can handle anything which is thrown at them. You see, we need to realize that the power of faith gives her her kids courage and hope when life goes sour, because there will be times, as I said, when life will go sour. I've quoted these verses many times at the Scottsford Church where it says, in this world you will have trouble, and when that trouble comes, they'll have to handle that discouragement all alone, all alone, except for God. And that is what godly mothers prepare their children for. This truth alone would make Psalm 22 a powerful lesson for us. But something we need to see here, the very concept that mothers can give their children hope, even with all of the discouragement in the world, mothers can give their children tremendous encouragement, and we need as Christian parents to do that very thing. But we've only scratched the surface here Because, as I said at the beginning, Psalm 22 is what is known as a messianic psalm. It talks about Jesus. It describes much of what took place at Calvary. Verse 1 starts out with uh, Jesus as he was dying on the cross. We know the great words. We read them a moment ago. 
my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then verse 15 tells of the torment he endured. He said, my strength is dried up like a pot's herd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Verse 16 tells how he was executed. Dogs, dogs have surrounded me. A band of evil men encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. And verses 7 and 8 describe the attitudes of the crowd at the foot of the cross. All who seek me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Friends, here we have a psalm that tells the story of a man struggling with despair and ultimately triumphing over that despair with praise and hope. And in the midst of the psalm, God literally hides the story of Christ's death on the cross. And in this world, as we know, we'll have trouble, but because of what Christ has done, there is that meaning so powerful for life. Just like the guy in the psalm. In fact, Jesus said this would happen. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world. And but in this world, you will have trouble. But that's not all Jesus said about the matter. Right after Jesus tells his disciples they will have troubles in this world, he says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So where did Jesus overcome the world? He did it on the cross. Now, this is where it really gets good. An Old Testament mother taught her son about the power and the providence of God. But no matter how much she would teach this truth to her son, the God she told him about was always seemingly distant. And his power was that of an all-powerful ruler who sat high in the heavens. That was a God who might care for the child, but it wasn't a God who really seemed to understand his troubles. God was up there, and the man was down here. But something happened, and that was the cross. And the cross changed everything. At the cross, God came down. At the cross, God took on the form of mortals like you and I. And at the cross, God suffered. He was rejected. He was beaten. God was placed on a cruel cross. Nails were driven through his feet and his hands, and he died. What Psalm 22 is saying is that the promised Messiah was going to experience all the despair and misery and pain that you and I face in this world. And in that experience, God showed us how he really cared for us. As one person once noticed, someone asked God how much he cared for him. And God spread out his arms on the cross and said this much. Jesus went through the valley of the shadow of death so that when we find ourselves in that valley, we'll know that we're not there alone. Friends, this is the advantage of a Christian mother that has over even the most godly, uh, most godly mother of the Old Testament. The Christian mother can point to God. So powerful, he could experience the turmoils of life, uh, who faced suffering and rejection and even death. And he conquered it all because death 
would not hold him. And she can point to a God who went through all of this because that he loved us. And brothers and sisters, as we live our lives, we need to do everything we can to teach our children about the Christ that is uh, presented here amongst the teachings in Psalm 22, and that he is the one who truly can help us with our despairs and our heartaches and our troubles. We are thankful for our godly mothers. In this 22nd chapter of the book of Psalms, the psalmist is alluding to the blessings of a godly mother. Let me encourage all of you mothers who are listening, let's take a look at ourselves. Let's take a look at how we're spending our time. Let's look and take a look at how we're spending our prayer life. What are we saying in our prayer life and so on. Just pray that all of us, well, all of us will have a greater heart for the things of the Lord so that we can have a better world. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this great teaching of the scripture. Uh, We read and understand the plight of the person, and we understand the love of a mother. And what she did is that she turned him over to God, trod him the way of God, and how we need to do that today. I pray, Lord, that you will be with each mother, bless them, let them know the good things of life, And I trust in return that they will stop and thank you and turn their thanksgiving into thanksgiving. Bless all, bless our shut-ins, bless all who need the touch of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen.